Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Today's episode is brought to you by the makers and fixers of Snap-on. The makers and fixers keep the world moving. They're the backbone of the world, whether we're talking about manufacturing, customizing, restoration, performance, or maintenance. I know a lot of makers and fixers, like the ones who work on my Triumph Bonneville. How about you guys? Are you a maker? Are you a fixer? And who are your favorite makers or Fixers, besides yourself, of course. The makers and fixers, they're not, they not only made your car, they keep it running and help you make it awesome. Theirs is not just a job, it's a calling. And they want to hear from you, the folks at Snap-on do. They want you to share your story. So go to makersandfixers.com slash spikes car radio, makersandfixers.com slash spikes car radio, and share your story. Or you can share it at the makers and fixers uh, account on Instagram. Makersandfixers.com slash Spikes Car Radio. Tell them your story and they just may share it with the world. And now, Hangar 56 Media presents Spikes Car Radio, a downloadable cars and coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. That's because we're at Bike Shed Moto downtown L.A. with Dutch Van Summeren. Hi, Dutch. Hey. Say hi to everybody. Hello, everybody. At his new club. And Zuckerman's here, too. Yep. As he is the uh, owner and proprietor of the Outlaw Archive and a motorcycle aficionado himself. I thought he would be additive to this conversation. Additive. But I doubt you will be. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to nod off. Um, this is a good song. It you picked this song. song. What, what does this song mean to you, Dutch? Uh, I mean, I, I was a punk rocker in the late 70s. So for me, I was a little late to the party because obviously <laughs> I'm not that old. I'm old enough. But, yeah. But yeah, so for me, The Clash was, that was my band. And, really? and, and obviously here we are in LA. So, but we're here with a London vibe. So London calling felt right. Did you, did you get, wear the outfits? Like, yeah, plaids, yeah. I had a red Mohican, Mohawk. Wow. I full shaved at the sides. I had all kinds of weird haircuts. Uh, but you're not that old of a guy. I'm 57 this year. Okay, he's close. He's our age. Yeah, he's close. But, I, okay, I had buddies. So but in the 70s, like, I was nine years old. Uh, yeah, I, I was looking at the punk. London Calling is 79 or 80. Yep. So yeah, yeah, okay. So there you go. I was 15 or something. Yeah. yeah, I was born in 66. I probably got the maths wrong and remembered my own birthday and my <laughs> age wrong. People say, how old are you? And I'm like, I have to think for a couple of minutes. 
But yeah, so for me, The Clash was the coolest band of George all time Strummer. ever. Yeah. Come on, what gets better than that? Yeah. Is it Combat the- rock, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we talk about Johnny Rotten every once in a while on this well, show? Well, we do, Johnny Lydon, yes. He was my neighbor when I lived in the Marina Peninsula. He's here in L.A. too, right? Yeah, he lives on the Marina on... Well, should well, I say it? Don't give him his address. No, <laughs> don't give out his address. Let's pop no. around his house and say it. <laughs> should I say it? <laughs> should I say it? <laughs> I remember seeing him at the supermarket in yeah. the neighborhood studying the salad dressings, and I'm thinking, oh, wow. wow. Okay. Johnny Rodden is, <laughs> Never is studying heroes. Newman's own salad dressing. It gets hard to stay like a tough guy, uh, punk rocker, doesn't it? Here, yeah. watch the carpet yep. there. You're caught on Oof. the carpet. You're okay. going to ruin this beautiful place that we're in. I'm already wrecking it. We're, we're at Bike Shed Moto. And I think last time, Dutch, we caught up with you. We were at Podcast One. Yeah. I think it was months before you had even opened. Yeah, we had a plan and then uh, COVID decided to unplan the plan. And you at the time were looking for a little more funding? Yeah, always. To- I spent my life looking for a little more funding. <laughs> That's the story of my life, chief fundraising officer. But you had, you had lined up some pretty uh, big names, right? At that point, Tom Hardy was involved in this? Yeah, yeah. We've got some really, really good, nice investors and backers, some great people. Woody Harrelson? Woody, yeah, Woody's a backer. Charlie Borman? Yep. Charlie, he's in. Brad Pitt, is he in there? No, Brad Pitt's not. We've got his motorcycles here, Ryan but we Reynolds? don't have his money. No, we've got Ryan's bike, but we don't have his money. <laughs> Ryan and Brad, where's your money? Yeah, Ryan. this is a failure on, on your part. On. They got tons. So they, so the idea was, and, and go ahead and just set up what this is, because I don't, you know, let, let's just re- reboot it for the folks sure. who are just listening for the first time. Bike Shed Moto is what? Where did it come from? How did it start? Well, I mean, I've been a motorcycle rider all my life. I, I, I kind of worked in film and television and and kind of advertising, but all my friends, we all rode motorcycles. And as a kid, that was freedom for me. But I never understood why motorcycle culture didn't grow the fuck up. I mean, it was, you go to these bike destinations and it's all spit and sawdust and bad coffee and bad service and a bunch of dudes. And I like good coffee, good service and a place that's at least 50% female. And you've got to make a nice place for that. And I didn't understand why moto culture was stuck in 1972 with a whole kind of, you know, weekend warrior kind of cosplay, you know, style of people like bankers dressing up on the weekend as as though they're in Sons of Anarchy. And I just thought that doesn't ring authentically true to me. And also um, we hated motorcycle shows and motorcycle magazines. Me and my buddies, we were customizing Ducatis and Triumphs and making them go faster and go around corners, but also making them cool. We love the cafe racer scrambler culture. And I was like, well, where's our place? And where's our, where's our media and where's our show? So Bike Shed started as a blog moaning about that, I guess, but celebrating kind of cafe scrambler kind of custom culture, but custom as in making your bikes better, not putting things on, but taking them off. And, and then that became a show. So we, we, we decided that bike shows suck. So in 2013, we started our own independent motorcycle show, which is now huge. Where, where? In London, in central London. It's now, I think it's the biggest independent motorcycle show in the world. And we, 19,000 people came last year to see 320 curated bikes. But when we did so the show- So was that once a year or was yeah, that every, every weekend? Every May. Right. And, so we, it's their Luftgekult. Yeah, it's yeah, kind it. of, yeah. Right. But right. we did it like it was a club because the thing is when you meet someone who rides and you go to some boring party or wedding or you're at some event or yeah. you're in a, some boring meeting and you find that other person who rides, it's like a secret mm-hmm. club, right? Yes. So I always thought that it, it kind of deserved that 
club feeling. And also my wife, Vicky rides and she's responsible for this, this place as well. She, she's kind of the co-founder of the business and, and my, and my partner in this, but I can't get her to go to bike shows because like the food's crap and the drink is crap. And you know, the only other women there are in Lycra and they're paid to be there or they're the girl on the back. And you know, she'd turn up to bike places and people say, Oh, you're, are you on your boyfriend's bike? And she'd be like, no, that's my bike. So <laughs> I realized that we as a crowd were underserved. Where's our place? Where's the Chesterfield sofas and, and the, where, where's the espresso martini? I mean, I don't want to sound like an idiot, but you know, these people I know who go to spit and sawdust places on the weekend that I would go to, then going to sew a house the next day. So, I mean, you know, I don't mean that level of kind of douchiness, but why can't we have a nice coffee and why can't we have a nice drink and why can't we sit somewhere comfortable if we ride a motorcycle? Why do we have to pretend to be something we're not? And I just thought, where, where is that place? And no one else was going to do it. So me and my friends did it with my, and, and my wife. We were like, well, let's build it. I love your cosplay reference. That's the first time I've heard anyone refer to the weekend warrior, the, the lawyer dressed up as yeah. a biker, as cosplay. And it's so true. Ed Marinara, my uh, my neighbor, the actor, uh, my old neighbor back in the day, would always say that he, he we'd see these guys on Harley's on Sunset, and he goes, "Yeah, look at that, look at that tough guy there. He's probably an agent in the lit department of UTA." <laughs> I go, You're right. right. They're all just pretending. But yeah. there was kind of one idea of what a motorcycle guy was, and right. it was this weird leather-clad Harley Davidson fake tough guy. It yeah. was a little too right? Tom of Finland for me. You know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I you get the reference, it, Spike? No. But, uh, Tom of Finland Google was that. kind of, you know, <laughs> softcore uh, beefcake uh, gay porn. Oh, well, <laughs> now I'm kind of happy that. I don't have <laughs> yeah. get the reference. Why do you yeah. get the reference? Because Tom of Finland's famous for he his is. art. Yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah. it's, it's a very peculiar taste. Oh, it's weird. <laughs> to me. So you opened this first club in London. Yeah. Proper. Yeah. Right. Big, uh, and, am I, and, and now there are two, right? Yeah. There's, this there's, there's just this in LA. And, it, and, in and LA and London starts to boom, right? It, yeah. I mean, we, we opened the, the London and, club in 2015. We started the shows in 2013 and everybody was like, this is like a club. This should be every day. And right. we, me and my wife were like, well, that, that'll never work. But then we decided to kind of business model it and see if it might work. And we had some really good help. There were a couple of guys who helped us out. Uh, this guy called Frederick Lukoff, and he was the president and CEO of Stella McCartney. And he came to our show and he was like, oh my God, this is awesome. You know, who did this? And he got introduced to us. And then the other guy was a guy called Nicholas Cowell, who, who is Simon Cowell's brother. And, and I only reference that because he kind of looks like him. So it's a bit <laughs> obvious when you meet him. Mm. But he's a real estate guy. He's done his own thing, made his own money. And, and he said the same thing. And so... I introduced them to each other. And then they said, well, look, if you want to do this, we'll seed fund it. We'll see if there's, because Nicholas knew Charlie Borman and he had an idea to do a kind of a gentleman's biker club. And, uh, and he said, well, what do you think? And I said, I said, it'll be your rich mates and they'll turn up for the first year on summer weekends and then it'll be tumbleweed and you'll lose all your money. And he said, yeah, you're right. It needs to look like your show because our show is very democratic. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter whether you're, you know, kind of like a, a, a CEO or a banker or kind of like a 20 year old web developer or you're kind of a bricklayer. It, you fit, you know, it's right, very right. much, it's for everyone who loves motorcycles. It doesn't really matter if you've got money. You, you don't need to have money to like a nice coffee. Do you know what I mean? Uh, so he was like, yeah, it needs to be more democratic. So we, we planned it and then... And then we just asked all their friends to give us all their money. And some of them said yes. So we opened the place in London in 2015. And then by 2016, 17, everybody was, and also because I was in film and media and I spent a lot of time in LA anyway, 
everybody was like, well, this is going to kill it in LA. And California is the, is really the spiritual home of motorcycle culture. Yeah. And lots of brands and companies and stories and, but we know, ride year round. Yeah, exactly. And the weather's nice. So <laughs> London's not so nice. So, uh, we had to do it here. Mm-hmm. So, and, yeah. and this is uh, it's a pretty neat place. So it's a membership. You pay a membership. You don't have to be a member. You don't. I no. can just walk in. Yeah, yeah. It's basically, it's a motorcycle club where you don't have to come here on a motorcycle and you don't have to join the club. Well, it, did that change when no, we first No, it's always spoke? been like that. No, in fact, it was the other way around. When we opened... Um, I thought you would mention, because I remember Zuckerman and I go, and we want honorary membership. Oh, well, there, there are memberships <laughs> too. Yeah. There, there is a membership this, level. This is the member's bar, so you have to be a member to get in here. Wow. And is this couch, that couch you were referencing earlier? In your- yeah. Chesterfield. 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 Is this These a Chesterfield? all Chesterfield sofas, yeah. <laughs> what are Chesterfield sofas? It's a company. It's this style of- It's beautiful. This is a Chesterfield sofa. This Could is- I smoke a cigar in here? No. No. Well, according to California law, no. No. Because you're not allowed to do anything in California yeah. that's But fun. this is a Beautiful room, Zuckerman. Shenanigans. Do is people what I think sometimes of. smoke a cigar without permission? They probably <laughs> do on occasion, but yeah, they're not yeah. supposed to. Yeah, Isn't that discouraged. what you think it, when you come here? Zuckerman? Of course, shenanigans. Yeah, I, well, and then you have, already, and, and then yeah. in the back there, there are private lockers for what? Bourbon? Liquor so, lockers. Yeah. Oh, if someone's got a nice bottle and they got it for their, you know. Special occasion. So you come here. They they bring it here. They hire a locker and they keep it there. You and sit then, here. You could play some chess. Yeah. You could. I drink can think your of bourbon. all sorts of things you could do in this room, and but <laughs> yeah. you could keep in that locker. I mean, it just takes me to a time and yeah. a place when I would have really been into misbehaving <laughs> here. I feel really like I want to have a really good time. And just beyond that mm. is a room filled with beautiful motos- beautiful. motorcycles. Like yeah. I. As I was going through there, I think just about every bike in that room I had never seen before. That's good. I'll I had that. seen the Royal Enfields. There's a row of bikes that you said you can rent. Yeah, they're the rentals, yeah. Is that just for members or anybody no, can walk anyone in? Anyone can walk in. Yeah. Right. And you give uh, give you a credit card, you can go for a ride. No, actually, you do it through an app. You so do. we partnered You've with. You've made life very easy. We, right? Yeah, we partnered with Eagle Rider and they have an app called Eagle Chair, which yep. is kind of like that ride share app. Mm-hmm. And they. You can put your bike on it or they, they, they have bikes on it. And what you do is you, you literally book the bike online and then it's yours wow. for the day, for the week, for whatever. What was that lineup aside from the Royal Enfield? Uh, you had some BMW Adventure bikes. We had a, an R9T. We've got a Triumph Thruxton RS and then we got a T120. We got a Scrambler, two Yamaha Tenere's, the 700s. Uh, what else we got? Yeah, we got the Royal Enfields, a couple of Royal Enfields and... We had a couple of Harleys, but people wow. don't buy those very often. So you so you you drive down here, you have lunch, mm-hmm. you get out on your bikes, you ride out to the beach, you come back. That's a, that's a day. Yeah. And it's all done here and you don't have to be a member for that. No. That's amazing. Let me let's talk about the other bikes that are in there. Yeah. Because there there's are some wild stuff. There's some wild stuff in there. Two of the bikes were Brad Pitt's bikes. Yeah. That he, looked like they were crafted out of the Wizard of Oz Tin Man. Yes. Yeah. What, what were those? What? They're Shinya Kimura bikes. I mean, Shinya ah. is a legendary bike builder. So anyone who's listening Google And where is he? That. Somewhere in California. I don't know exactly. Oh, where. he's a California builder. Yeah, he's Japanese, obviously. Yeah. He's an artist. And, yeah, they're and beautiful. I I don't know quite how it works and I I've never had the honor of meeting Shinya yet. I don't think I have. 
No, I haven't. And uh, he's he's legendary. And I think you just give him all your money, and then about a year <laughs> later, he gives you a bike, and you're lucky to get something nice. But those are two stunning motorcycles. That the, as a Ducati and, and a and a Harley Davidson. But you can't really describe them. I mean, come and visit. I took pictures. They'll be on oh, Instagram. Good. They can they can see them. I've seen Brad out on his on Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, probably. I've, I've, I, you know, right on Sunset in Beverly Hills. Once I remember looking over at seeing this bike first and going, "What is that?" Who made that? And then, of course, it's he and Keanu Reeves and Ryan Reynolds, by yeah. the way. They yeah. all do ride, or at least back in the day, were riding during the week in all sorts of weather. Um, the the Ryan Reynolds bike is a triumph. Yeah, there. And he just leaves that here. Yeah, it's a cot. It's built by Dustin Cot Cot Motorcycles. He built it for Ryan, and and I think Ryan keeps it with Dustin, so Dustin keeps it here. I see. Yeah. I see. Because it's nice to look at. I mean, it's one of his signature builds. And someone came in yesterday, an actor, and said, can I buy that bike? And I was like, no, but here's Dustin's details and he'll build you one. So yeah. that's how, kind of how it works. That really is what I feel when I see custom motorcycles, guitars, and tennis it's, rackets. It's I just want to acquire, acquire, acquire. And just look at them because yeah. they're, they're, so, they're just so fun to look but at. That, but and then custom Royal Enfield. Yeah, which I've ridden those bikes. They're they're great bikes, but I don't. They don't thrill me. But when I saw that bike, mm. what was that? Who's the custom builder who's building? So the ones you saw are built by a custom uh, builder, uh, a company called Bark B A A K. B A A K. And they're a French company, but they've opened Bark USA um, ah. about the same time we opened here. And Remy and Laura, who run Bark, they're members here. And uh, they're building a bike for Vicky at the moment, which Royal Enfield are paying for, which is nice. Thanks, Royal Enfield. Wow. And they're building her a flat track racer. But that 650 twin engine is a really good engine. Yeah, it's it only is. about 45 brake yeah, horsepower. Yeah. But if you put a set of SNS pipes on there and you take about kind of 30 pounds of metal off the bike, suddenly it starts to really move. I mean, if you put two people on it, it's a little bit too much. But on your own, those bikes shift. And uh, Remy built himself a cafe racer out of one of them. And I followed him up the crest. And he's plenty quick enough on that bike. And you put good brakes, good suspension on those. And they move. And, and the great thing is you buy a brand new bike for five grand or something, which is insane. Spend another three, four grand on suspension and you've got a really nice motorcycle. Yeah. It's funny that you say it's French because the exterior styling, what they're putting on the exterior of that motorcycle looks Bugatti-ish. It, it, yeah, the size it? of the tank, the shape of the tank. No, and those side mm-hmm. panels on it. Yeah. Again, like check, it, check out my Instagram feed right now and swipe and you'll see this bike that I'm talking about. Yeah, that's a signature. I can't remember what they call it. They got the Gallinera, I think they call it. Yeah. So that's a signature look, yeah. obviously, and it's, it's kind of riffing off the old triumphs. What a, what a melding, because an Enfield is traditionally English, but I think mm. they're made in India now. Yeah. And yeah. now you've got some French folks customizing yeah. it here in Los Angeles. <laughs> exactly. It's a polyglot. It's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, and they're cool and they're easy to ride and they're not that expensive. I don't know what the customizer is. is I think you can end up paying a lot of money for one, but that you'll, you get what you pay for. Right, right. You right. know, you get the parts. If you want Olin suspension, you pay for Olin suspension. So, so anyone can come here and eat. Anyone can. And, and in fact, most people who come here, I would say 50, 60% don't ride don't even ride a motorcycle. Really? And you have to ride to be a member. So you really invested in, in chefs and a menu. The and, food's great. And I mean, you've got to eat here after this. The food's awesome. I mean, I, I, like, I love surprising people with how good the food is. People are like, why is this food so good? And I was like, well, firstly, we have to eat here. But, yeah. you know, if, if you serve good food, people keep coming back. The thing what is, do you like the best here? What, do, what are your favorite uh, things on this I menu? think my fav- favorite thing right now... 
boringly enough, is our breakfast burrito. It's just really good. Mm. But we do a full English breakfast here. What's in here. it? What's in it? Uh, Describe the burrito. We do, a, we do a vegan one that I have, which is made of that weird just egg stuff and ah. kind of vegan sausage. And th- I'm trying to be healthy. Yeah. And uh, a little bit of rice and onion. And But it, it's just, you know, when the proportions of a burrito are wrong and there's too yes. much bread and it folds at the end. Yes. yes. And you finish up with a mouthful of bread. Yeah. <laughs> our chefs, they're ninja folders. They just get it right. Wow. And uh, but uh, we do full English breakfast. We also do a Sunday roast, a traditional British nice. Sunday roast with the Yorkshire pudding. We got wow. a big vegan menu because this is California. Yep. Um, so all the salads are really good. We do a great vegan burger. The burgers here are pretty epic. All of them. We do uh, we do a, a kind of truffle burger, which is just off the scale. Mm. Daddy, it's truffle. the most important part. I, you know, I, I'm a member of Soho House and I've had my issues with them, but um, we all have our issues with them. They're my latest one is a billing one. That's just infuriating where, you know, Mm. I I don't want to get into it, but um, they just don't, you wire the money and they don't recognize it for two months. That's helpful, right? Yeah. And then every other day you get a, uh, you're late past due. You can't go. Mm. And uh, they say, hold on. Hold on, hold on. I've had I've had some problems with them, um, and then left West Hollywood because of the mm. food issue and because of the "we're too cool for you" issue, which is a good <laughs> which is learning. a very mm. bad yeah. issue to have for a member. And I happened to be at a business meeting with a very famous person, and I was mm. taking it there for those reasons. Like this is a business lunch, and I'm trying to impress you, and I want you to do this project, and they they refused or. Uh, for an hour to give this person a Diet Coke. Wow. Come on. We kept flagging him, and, and the guy said, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. We'll and then we it. watched him, and he was uh, polishing some teapots on a shelf wow. because he was cool with his, his <clears throat> theory. So I've, I, I know the issue you're talking about. I also belong to another club in Hollywood that just closed that was beautiful like this. Mm. Went out to dinner there. It was one of the worst dinners I've ever had in my New life. New house. Is that what it was? It's gone. Whatever it was. Whatever it was. It was right in the center of Hollywood by Hollywood and Vine. A beautiful, beautiful place. But again, you got to want to come back, which is what you're onto right away. Well, the thing is, I'm a member of Soho House and I know everything about it that sucks. Yeah. And I know why it went wrong and I know what's gone wrong. And so we learn a lot. What went wrong? Uh, IPO. Cut costs. You can't have uh, staff. You can't, make right. it, can't have make it publicly, profitable. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to hear more about yeah. this. Well, the, the basic, you know, I mean, the, the bottom line is if you're in the hospitality industry, it's incredibly difficult to make any money. Right. I mean, it, it sucks. We, right. We're not this some big profitable business. You sell food and serve people. It's expensive, which is why so many restaurants now, you order on an app to save on staff. Right. And they buy more food in that's frozen. Right. And, and it's difficult to make a living out of it. And so it's why you get the 90 minute turnaround, the table turn. You know, one of my favorite places in, in uh, West Hollywood is, um, oh, what's it called? I've completely blanked on it. It's probably good because then I'm not dissing them on your podcast. The Bungalow but, Club. Uh, no, but I went there and they're like, I get there and they're like, you've got 90 minutes. And I'm like, that's your business problem. That's yeah. not my dining problem. I'm, I'm on a date with my wife. I'm done when I'm done. My problem with them is putting stickers on my phone. I said, I'm not putting your dumb sticker uh, on, on my phone. They go, well, you're not coming in. I go, that's fine. <laughs> 
Yeah, so <laughs> that, 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 left. that was very funny. It was having dinner with you yeah. and our and my friend Moise. You want to put a sticker on your phone to make sure on to the, make on sure the camera that, or, that that I didn't take a picture of anyone oh my, famous. As if we're going to. That's what we're going. And to I do. said, tell you what, I'll I'll turn my phone off and put it in my pocket. No, you got to put the sticker on the lens. I go, I'm not fucking doing that, what man. What kind of nanny statement? Exactly. exactly. Like you're not a grown up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, all those things kind of annoy me, and and I know it's difficult to make money. So when you're kind of going up the food chain of investment, the, the top end of that is your IPO. Right. And you've got to be, and, and people are going to value you on a comp, on the a multiple of your EBIT. And then these things aren't profitable. So if you start cutting staff, so you don't have enough, your biggest cost is probably headcount. Right. People. Right. And then, so suddenly there's not enough servers and then you're buying in your food and you put the prices up. So suddenly it's really expensive. And, but the people don't want to moan about the money because I'm a member of so how So, so yeah. you don't want to moan about the bad service. I'm going to moan, moan about, about the expensive food. And then they've got a good valuation for their IPO and then everyone makes money. And, and the problem is, is uh, I mean, I, I need to make this business profitable, but right. I'm never going to do it from the restaurant part of it. And it's much more important to do it with retail and events and all the other things. Right. Because I don't want to overcharge people and I don't want them to have crap service. But I think also I like the idea of having a members club you don't have to join. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, that's a refreshing idea cool. because it is, that's the bar that becomes difficult for mm. me. If I'm going to pay you every year for a service and then I come to use your service and it's not working, I'm gone. Like, yeah. I'm almost gone the first time. I'm just gone. I'm not going to do this anymore. Use a bad taste. Yeah. But and we, already I'm drinking an amazing coffee. You said, let me make you a flat white. It's an amazing flat white. It is a good coffee. Now I'm it? coming back. I'll come back mm. just for that coffee. Yeah. We, I mean, that's the thing for me. I mean, it, all that stuff has to be good. But when we opened the club in London... And we called it a club. We called it Bike Shed Motorcycle Club. And now it's Bike Shed Moto Co. Because I, mm. I don't want certain people knocking on my door going, you're an MC. But, uh, and you'll understand that better right. than most. But Bike Shed Moto Co. Uh, but there wasn't a club. And there was no private members bar. But everyone said, how do I join your club? And I'm like, well, you don't have to. You just come here. And they were like, but this is really awesome. How can we support you? Yeah, they And what we did want to do was people wanted to meet other riders. And they wanted to go on rides. And so we said, okay, well, we'll start a club and it's 250 pounds a year. And what we'll do is we'll have a membership manager and we'll organize rides. So you come mm -hmm. here on a Sunday, you go on a ride. And that just ballooned. And now we have in London 700 members. There's still no private members bar, but we do rally teams and we, people go off and ride rally, a rally raid, or they do track days or they do dirt Come bike on. days or we do weed yeah. school or slide school or we do members nights, or we do captain's table with Agostini or Charlie Borman, or I mean, we, we do these kind of one-off dinners where, you know, you just sit there, fast Freddie Spencer, dinner with 10 people, just right. hosting. And so the membership is actually about the events we do. We'll take 10 members to Hungry Valley and go dirt bike riding, except it was raining this weekend and snowing, Up so we Gorm, had to cancel yeah. it. So w that's why people join the club. Now in LA, we have a private members bar, because we've got a big building and we thought, why not? Let's make a little speakeasy. And you have to be a member to come in. So you need to have an app on your phone or you can't open the door. Right. And that's but where members, we are right now. Yeah. And members can bring as many friends as they like. If they can fit in the bar, they can get in. Oh, wow. Um, so, but I, I don't, when people say, what's the privileges of membership? And I was, I'm kind of like, actually, it's the obligations of membership. If you're a member, you've got to be nice to our staff. Don't be a douchebag. If you're an <laughs> asshole and if you do wheelies up the road when you leave and piss off our neighbors, we're going to ban you from the club. And yeah. You won't yeah. get your money back. Yeah. Um, right. So actually, our members are our, our nicest customers. And they're the ones who are really, really, they're, they're the ones who 
tip the best and look after our staff and they, everyone knows everybody's name and they hang out together. And you build a community. No what James, no James Cordens. I love yeah. how he thinks. I love how Dutch thinks about this stuff. Yeah, yeah. I like, I no, like no, it's, you, it's not a privilege. It's an obligation. You got to be nice. You got to be a cool person. <laughs> yeah. it, it's, you know, it, it's about dem, democratic, be, just being nice. And but it's also... Human being, not being privileged, mm -hmm. stuffy and entitled. It's solving the problems of these other clubs. This right. first uh, beginning level of social clubs that are in LA going, oh, these aren't as good as everybody thinks they are. Not, let's resolve some of the issues with them and let's try something differently. It appeals to, for the most part, to the wrong side of your ego to be right. in a member's club. Mm. Right. And he's yeah. talking about building a community. A community, exactly. Of like-minded people. And that's kind of what annoyed me about So House in the end, because I joined because I worked in television. Right. And I was a TV director. And I could right. go there on a Monday night in Soho when there was one club on my own. And it was like a pub full of TV directors and actors and writers. And, mm -hmm. and I'd go there and I'd be people I knew that I'd worked with a month ago. And it had a community and the community was creative. Yeah. And that was cool. And it was like no suits. And there weren't really douchebags there. There were workers, people who worked in the industry. But then it became super famous. And of course, famous people are actors. And then it became a place for famous people. And then after a while, it was like, well, how famous are you? And it's like, well, you can go to this club, but not that club. <clears throat> and if you don't live here, you can't go there. And it's like, oh, my God. And then suddenly, and then, as you say, the staff are cooler than the customers. Yeah. But yeah. then they've got to make money. And all those famous people get married and have kids and stop spending money at yeah. Soho House. So then they've got to open it up to this community of wannabes. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you go there and it's like some gangster wannabe club on a Friday night. And you're like, oh, my God, yeah, what, what am happened? I doing here? Yeah. And then you don't want to go there anymore. Yeah. It's so, just, uh, my experience was you couldn't sit down anywhere in West Hollywood. Mm. That was the first thing that happened. It one started to look like booth. it started to look like Starbucks. Like everybody had a laptop, everybody was lighting, writing a screenplay, but there was no place to sit. So funny to have a publicly traded private club. Yeah. That's just so <clears throat> That's intellectually true. inconsistent. And obviously to appeal to your publicly traded stock price, you've got to get more people in. So it's antithetical to what? the notion of a private club. This is off topic, but what what did Chateau Marmont do? Weren't they going down the same road? Yeah, but they don't, they're, they're, not, they're barely open. They didn't really pull that off, and they are kind of half alive. Are they a hotel anymore? They're, they are, but very limited. So you can reserve a room? And you, from what I know, you tuna can. tuna fish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I thought what Nick Jones did at the beginning was awesome. About what? About, about Soho House. He was the guy that founded it. Yeah, yeah. He, he used to run um, a bar uh, oh, what the hell was that called? Because I used to go to the bar. And then he said, oh, I'm opening a club upstairs. Do you want to join? And I was like, no, I'm all right. Because I'm an idiot. I yeah. got free membership for life. Yeah, yeah, I know. I didn't really know what it was. I blew that same opportunity here. But he here. created a really amazing place around community. And now I think he still has Babington House, which is the really nice to go to in London, in, in the UK, not London, in, yeah, uh, yeah. In, the, in the counties. But um, the, the thing for me was... Now they've got a new CEO and the CEO, his first thing was announcement to the shareholders, we've got to be more profitable. So mm. what does that tell you as a member? Yeah. I'm going to pay more and get less. I mean, that's not a, I never want to give that message to my customers. Oh, we've right. got to be more profitable. We want to be more awesome. We want to be more fun. We want to have nicer people. You know, we want to have more community. We want to do more rides. I'm never going to say we want to be more profitable. And, and the problem is, is money shouldn't be a product. Money should be an outcome of doing a good job. Right. The, the product we make is happy smiles for people who like motorcycles, whether they ride or not. Right. And that's the product. Right. A good coffee is the product. And hopefully people will pay for that. 
You've got a tattoo parlor here. Yeah. You've got a place to get a haircut. Mm-hmm. And you've got a retail shop. Yeah. When you walk in. It's fantastic. And it's really And Zuckerman cool. already bought a, bought a jacket. Yes. What did you buy? Well, I, I put a, there was a bell staff jacket that looked really great. I walked around in there and I go, wow, this this is really good. There's some good stuff. It, I know. It's, it's Well, it's cool. It's you cool. Insta- Everything here is very cool. And, every, and all of your employees, super friendly, lovely people. That's a, that's a surprise when you walk in. Because as you say, traditionally, if you walked into a motorcycle destination bar... The the mo of the staff was to be nasty and to sell you, and to sell you some mess for you yeah <laughs> and yeah. to and give you a beat down yeah stomp you like a fat guy <laughs> at Altamont as, yeah as that is one yeah we're a little different Miller. to that yeah no it's it's very very cool for sure our next partner is Athletic Greens I take AG one by Athletic Greens literally every day I gave AG one a try because I want to be better on the tennis court I take it in the morning. I take it before I hit those courts. And you know what? I'm getting a little better. I'm getting a little better. It's hard for me to keep up with the supplement routine that comes with a bunch of different products. And that's why Athletic Green scratches that itch. Why take a bunch of different things when you can just mix one scoop of powder in water once a day? Every scoop is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food-sourced ingredients of the highest quality that give me major benefits like mood support, boosted energy, and even healthier-looking skin, hair, and nails. And you've seen my hair, folks. AG1 is what takes good care of my body. It's just that simple. And if you're looking for an easy way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash spike911, athleticgreens.com slash spike911. That's athleticgreens.com slash spike911. And check it out, and uh, you're going to get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. Back to the show. Um what else did we leave out? I saw electric bikes in there. You have a Super 73 concession yeah. in the retails. Well, my my yeah. kids are obsessed with those bikes. They're awesome. What do I you mean, think about electric bikes? Have you have you uh, ridden them yet? Are you into them yet? I like the Super 73s. I'm not so much into the big electric motorcycles because I like blowing shit up to make wheels go around. And I like clutches and I like <clears> gear changes. And I like the relate. When you ride a motorcycle, you, you're in this balancing act. Of yes. Balancing engine revs mm-hmm. and clutch and how you feed. Oh, you don't really realize when you ride how much you use a clutch to feed power into an engine. And how enjoyable that is. And when you take all of that away and you take away the vibrations and the sounds and the smells, it's just a lot less appealing to me. Yeah. I get it. I mean, I've ridden some awesome electric motorcycles and you have this- Like what? Silent speed. The live wire is great. Yeah. Um, it is a great, it is a great it's bike. It's a great bike, actually. It's just, I'd rather have a sound, and especially as car drivers are such morons, and they will take you out. because yeah. they, and, it, and do you know what? It's not really their fault because they didn't, see you and they didn't but if they didn't hear you i mean if someone said you want to ride an invisible motorcycle i'd say no thank you that's a shit idea so why would i want a silent one that's also a shit idea they're dangerous enough as it is and people already do a u-turn in front of you and go oh sorry mate i didn't see you i don't want them to go sorry i didn't even hear you Mm. so i i like to make a noise i Happen to be, uh, I've got the Saunders uh, Metacycle, which is an interesting half step between a, a bicycle and electric motorcycle. Mm. And, I, you know, I hear everything that you're saying. I was out on it last weekend 
out to Malibu and I had this really interesting moment of enjoying the silence. Yeah. All, all I could hear was the wind. There wasn't much traffic. I wasn't really worried about the traffic. The bike was weirdly lighter mm. than anything I had ridden there because it's a very thin kind of electric motorcycle. Yeah, because normally they're a lot heavier. That's the problem. And it was... Uh, and my only regret was I didn't have my AirPods in. Mm. I wasn't listening to some music and riding. It was a, but it wasn't. I wouldn't consider it a motorcycle experience. It was an. It was that new electric experience. Yeah, it's something else. It's a, it's another thing to do. It's cool. I mean, and, and now I, you know, yeah. I have a '66 Triumph Bonneville. I also yeah. like that. I like to make noise on that. That's a very unruly vehicle <laughs> that I like to drive faster than I should drive. And I, I just think of those two things as different mm. things to do. Yeah, I mean, two wheels good, right? I mean, if, if whatever you come in on, you know, yeah. it's it's a good thing. And it adds to the culture. It adds to the experience. And we got a couple of dedicated Livewire riders here. Uh, yeah. And I think one of our guys has a Zero as well. And it's like, it's Zero, great. Zero good. I hear is great. Yeah. yeah, they make good, loads of people make good bikes. Yeah. There's loads of companies out there, um, you know, making amazing electric vehicles. And they're great. And would I have one? I mean, if somebody gave me one, I might ride around in it. I'm not going to spend my own money on it. You should uh, give it to me for free. Yeah. <laughs> give me your money. I might use it. Yeah. I like that deal too. That's one of my favorite deals. Yeah. What do you own? What kind of bikes uh, do you own? I'm just, in London, I've got a Triumph Thruxton 1200 RS. Nice. And I'm literally just getting exactly the same bike here. Because it's just, it just does everything. You can take it on a track, ride it at the crest, cruise around, feel like Steve McQueen all day, just through yeah. the city. It's one of those do-everything motorcycles, and they're so good. And it's probably the last great sort of petrol-engined cafe racer. That's probably it now. They'll never, no one will ever make anything like that again. In five years' time, it'll be a modern classic. Are you too bent over? Do you feel uh, when you ride it at your age now? Um, like I start to feel like naked bikes. Uh, I like to. I like being more upright these days. Generally speaking, yes. Uh, the, the, they've got two versions of that that bike. If you if you have the fairing, that dolphin nose fairing, which mm. is beautiful, they fit that with lower clip-ons. But the bike without the fairing has these little riser clip-ons. Uh -huh. You know, kind of like a Ducati ST4, uh -huh. the little riser bars. So they still look like clip-ons. It's still like a cafe racer, but it's an it's the difference is really good but um you what most people don't know is you can leave those handlebars on and still fit the fairing so i'm going to get it like that so it's still got the uh, old man middle-aged man riding position <laughs> yeah. uh, but you feel like you're on an awesome cool cafe do you racer. do do you do any mechanical work here at the club no. or no no it's a great way to and make money and, <laughs> and yeah and the storage here is just for display it's like a museum yeah. right yeah it's, it's just, not really storage it's like I've got a really cool bike. Would you like it in your gallery area? And it, yeah, and the answer is yes. If it's a Shinya Kimura bike and you know Brad Pitt owns it, yeah, absolutely. Is so, there a need in the bike community for storage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There really is. Of and, course. Yeah, I mean, loads. It's a lot smaller than cars. He's, I can't believe he's only got. You, you only own two bikes. Uh, in London, I got four. Yeah, there you okay, go. There. That's I'm what out. I was going to say. Like I, yeah. I try. I, I have. I discipline myself. I have mm. one motorcycle. I would own a hundred in a second. Yeah. If I did. They're easy really, to get. They're easy to get. And then, but I know I'm not going to ride them and I don't want to ride, you know, that much while my kids are young. But, um. I get to borrow bikes, so I don't need to buy them. Yeah, there you go. So I ride quite a lot of different what bikes. What if you, you know, the, the, the Ducati event was here a few weeks yeah, ago. Yeah. Did you I mean, ride any of that I stuff? love Ducatis. And I, I've got a, in, in London, I've got a Ducati Sport Classic 1000. I've got the, the Paul Smart limited edition version of that. Oh, you do? I will get a bike the, like the that. The blue again. one? Uh, yeah. I, I want uh, a Ducati here. I, I need a, 
I need another sport classic here. What can we say there? And and I really love the Ducati Desert X. That is an awesome do-it-all adventure bike. It's an adventure bike. I was on the press launch for that and I fell in love with it. And... uh, and and if I keep saying nice things about it in public places, like on podcasts, maybe I can persuade <laughs> Jason Chinook if you're listening, uh, or Paul Reed Junior. Yeah, uh, Phil Reed Junior. Please feel free to uh, send me a Desert X. That would be nice. Those guys will. They're great. They're awesome. Jason guys, was yeah. just on the show. Yeah, a couple Phil of weeks and Jason back. are such good guys. Yeah, they uh, they they send over bikes all the time. Did yeah. I say I what good guys bike. they are? Did what, I say they great? Did I say how what good guys they are? And they should send me a Desert X. Did I say that? They had, they just had their best year ever. Yeah, send them more. Thanks to you. Send them more. All thanks to me. Thanks, thanks to them to doing you. their launch event here. So they should be sending you bikes. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't see why they wouldn't put bikes here and put them on display in this. Well, they've got some room. in the retail. Oh, they do. So they've got a little uh, scrambler Ducati section. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they've got their their um, their the Ducati scrambler. And what are they? What else are, are they selling? They, they've there got, or they, what they're going to do is they're going to swap that out and put the Desert X in there, I think. Ah. So at the moment, they dedicated to Scrambler because they thought that would fit here better. But actually, people like all their bikes here. And we yeah. have a lot of Panigale yeah. riders and super sports and all sorts. we got to get Zuckerman back on a bike. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. But I do own seven of them, I think. Oh, huh? there you go. You yeah. own seven motorcycles, I I but I will never get on one. <laughs> what do you own? What do you mean you own seven? Okay, you know I have those two classic Triumphs. I've got the 39 Triumph right. that you've seen. I've got the, um, is it oh, the that's P100. Right. Those, I've the, got the 1950 Triumph. You still have those? Oh bikes. yeah, of course. And then I've got, uh, I've got the '63 Harley. I've got the later Harley uh, drag bike. Those Triumphs, by the way, yeah. would be perfect in that room. Those are Canapa bikes. Yeah, yeah. Those are beautiful, beautifully bikes. restored oh, wow. Triumphs. Yeah, they're gorgeous. Um, so I love having them too. And I then you just, have a lot of those weirdo uh, biker. Well, the old choppers, yeah, Yeah, the old vintage choppers that we've acquired down at the Outlaw Archive. Right. So we've got what what is what is the significance of those bikes? Well, most of the bikes that we have, the older Harleys, were made in period by members of clubs who customized their own bikes, made choppers. So we have a an early 63 chopper that's really stunningly beautiful you've seen there's a later 60s chopper that has a really long front rake of that era which i would look undrivable no it doesn't even have a front brake it's a suicide motorcycle <laughs> um there is a there is a a a, a custom harley that that a a guy out of Daly City rode and did drag races with that's super powerful, and that's a late 60s motorcycle. Uh, and then there's a couple of other period uh, choppers. From, this, is, this is a few blocks from this place. Well, I was going to say to Dutch after, if he wants to have a members event, well, mm. we'd be happy to set it up. He should come down. Yeah, I think the members would love that. Yeah, we would yeah, love to do that, that This too. is an archive of all Hells Angels and biker yeah. gang stuff that's unparalleled. You'll never lot, see anything yeah, like it. A lot of, I mean, a lot of defunct yeah. clubs that existed in the Yeah, in I've, the seen, I've seen it. It's awesome. And, and I follow the, the uh Oh, the yeah, yeah. You well, were yeah. there, and I think you were there with a the builder at one time. Yeah. Uh, Swede? What was his name? I forget. A really ah. interesting guy. Oh, my God. I can't remember who I came with. Now. Yeah. But, yeah, it was, it's an awesome archive. It's incredible. Yeah. So you have seen it. Hmm. Oh, good. Yep. Yeah, the members would love to see that. That's a good idea. Look, so we're putting people together. What about, why Why not storage at this time? Isn't there? Uh, because uh, it's the wrong kind of building yeah, location. Yeah. I mean, you want bike storage somewhere cheap. 
Yeah, uh, not cheap. somewhere <laughs> expensive because you know people are going to pay what 200 bucks a month to store their motorcycle and then you've got to make sure the battery's charged and you've got to make sure they don't yeah, rust and, and you've got to I mean when you store a bike you're not just I mean we do a lot of work in London with Carvolt which used to be the classic car club London and they look after most of our members motorcycles but they're all there on trickle chargers in a little bubble you know and I don't want to get into that it's a pain yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a real, yeah it's, it's also not, not pleasant to look at Right, this place is beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it, yes, you really right. want to have a big, smelly yeah, place. Is, for, you is know what I mean? Curated. Yeah, you need a stinky garage full of yeah, hogs. yeah, not a beautiful curated. Close it off. You know, my dream, uh, Dutch, dream is to buy uh, Hodaka, the brand, and yeah, relaunch you should, it. You should just here do that. Someone in the US. probably could <laughs> do that. We'll Why do not? It. And we'll start our own bike brand, Zuckerman. What? Let's the do Hodaka it. Combat Wombat. Awesome. Yeah. I always wanted to have a wombat. What is a wombat? <laughs> You're a wombat. You... Hey, did you see that? Did everybody send you the picture? We had all these uh, historic rains and, and blizzard reports in the last 24 hours. Did everybody send you that Porsche guy? Yeah, in Hollywood? He was, yeah, he made it a submarine. He was on the five. It was a cabriolet. Yeah, yeah, up to the up to the windows in water. The guy wow. standing on the roof of his 911. Where, where was that exactly? That, that was, was on the five heading towards uh north hollywood area what was he what what, what did this guy do he just tried to drive he just kept jump. going he just kept going maybe he didn't <laughs> appreciate that everyone was to the left and how deep it was and wow. he drowned his engine and he drowned his car yeah he drowned that fucking it's it's gone and he had his little jacket on Oh, he was man. on top of the, <laughs> the soft roof. His, you, you could sense his hysteria at the moment that the tow truck was... The water moving. wasn't moving. Though. Oh, it was moving. Oh, it was? Oh, it was, because if he had gotten off of the car, he would have been swept away. <laughs> he would have exited five miles down the freeway. Why do we take such pleasure in it? Even though we're, we're They're, Porsche guys, and we, he's part of our community. I don't know. I do take pleasure <laughs> seeing it. I know if he was a friend, I know uh, it's distressing. It's awful. It's just so unexpected. It's such a surprise to see in L.A. And it's really not funny. And I'm laughing, but that car's gone. That car is yeah, it's done. done. There's yeah, no it's way done. to dry that. Out. No, you can't put a bag of rice in that car and hope it's for the not. Best. A, it's, it's not a four by four. You yeah. don't drive them through big puddles. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. What happened to the drainage? I mean, come on. I mean, well, look, it, people say it doesn't rain in California. I've been living here on and off for three years now. It rains, and when it rains, it's tropical. So could, why don't people make roofs that don't leak? And why don't you have, why don't you have roads with some drainage? Because we're idiots. Well, you, we're idiots. you think we're going to do something right? You no, you do. You do make roofs because if, if for four years, you won't get any rain. And, uh, and the and sun's then you, just cooking and the sun it and breaks your it. roof. And then the. So this is the first time, Zuckerman, that I was actually comfortable in my house during the, these torrential downpours. The roof, the roof is new. Uh, I, I worked with a gutter guy on the gutters of the house, the, and, and, and I was panicked the whole night. I was like, what, what the hell's going on? And I went, I, you're right, nothing's happening. There's no leaks anymore. Wow. What they nuts. never tell you when you buy your first house in L.A., and I, and I want anybody who's a first time, we're going to buy a house in Southern California. Zuckerman's no one ever advice. tells you, clean your gutters. Oh, oh they, yeah. You learn that when you, the first time it rains and you look up at your light and that's basically a faucet is coming into the house. Yeah. Through or some light fixture. it spills over the middle of the gutter yeah. and then hits your uh, foundation. And then, and, and, and then you go, holy shit, what's happening? Um, and the roof, the, fl- got, yeah, the, the, the flow of water says, is so didn't important. You, didn't you clean your gutters? 
No, I didn't know I had to clean my gutters. Do you know what I did on my on that house on Doheny I owned? I remember going through with a contractor, and he goes, and the other, only other thing I'd recommend is a series of pipes right here for drainage. And I go, what's that? Right. <laughs> for his house. Right. He goes, with the flow of water, you've got to direct the flow of water. I, I don't care about the water. Well, I didn't do the pipes. It rained, and then all of the nice hardwood floors in the big, beautiful room, they all warped yep. because the water went right under yeah. it. And, and then you learn. Up, and, and then I you learned, learned, dumbbell. Yeah. I yep. didn't learn. I never fixed it. I just moved. Yeah, like, that's, the way to, that's the way to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> just move fast. Yeah, just move fast. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, we've made a show down here at Bike Shed Moto. That, that was, was fun. A, that was fun. Fun. And uh, if you're visiting L.A., when it warms up and this, this, this blizzard warning goes away, um, which will be in about an hour, um, and you want to ride motorcycles, you want to come have a nice meal, you want to have a cup of coffee, you want to buy some good stuff, you're going to come down to Bike Shed Moto. You just put it in your little Google map and you'll get right there. It's right off the tent. Very easy. Really cool part of town down here, too. Yeah, it's nice. Lots of factories being bought up and turned into beautiful condos. and Yeah, nice restaurants, nice bars. Nice restaurants. Everything. Cool people. Everything. Yeah. And you can just take the bike right from here onto the tent down to the ocean. Yeah. But you can bring your car here, too. You know, there's, uh, come in an Uber, stay late. Yeah. Drink Not, cocktails, you, you have know, some whiskey. Kill some time. Rub elbows with Brad Pitt. That's right. <laughs> Jason Momoa, Ryan Reynolds, all of the people. They're all here all the time, all every the time. night. Every night. That's, this is where they are. If you're looking for them, this is where they are. And Ducati, uh, send us some bikes. Mm. It's time. We're going to help propel you to a new level of sales for 2023. Cut us in. Cut us in. Give us some money. <laughs> you know, Porsche owns them now. Volkswagen Group. That's why That's they're right. so good. It's true. That little connection helps Lamborghini. Helped Bentley, helped Bugatti. Everything's Ducati. Everything's get those Germans right involved in, Germans. In, in in making this stuff. Yeah. All right, Dutch. Good to see you, my friend. You too. We'll talk soon, Zuckerman. Thank you. Thank you. We'll what see you next pleasure. week on Spikes Car Radio. Thanks for listening to Spikes Car Radio, brought to you by Hangar Fifty Six. Listen to new episodes every Wednesday and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.